0: Good morning, my name is Kelly. (laughs) My pronouns are she, her, and this morning's reading is from Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40 from the message. The king will say to those on his right, enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation, and here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me.
1: Thanks. All right, I'm gonna ask the whole Honduras team to come stand up with me for a minute. Thanks, appreciate it. Uh, so we've got uh, a few different team members are going to tell you some of their perspectives and some of the the stories from the trip. Uh, we've got a couple of pictures. Uh, I think there was a team photo up there for a second. Uh, we didn't have a real good single team photo because uh, Stephen Leslie Harris joined us halfway uh, on the journey there and stayed with us for the whole week. It was very exciting to see them again. If you know Stephen Leslie, uh, and then the uh, the other photo there is our whole like that's essentially the work crew and the translators and us uh, so, so that's we send down some money and uh, to hire some locals to help us out so that's the construction crew that, uh, that that work together to do this whole project that we're gonna go talk about uh, you guys can all probably sit down again now So I think the the next slide has so, some details of the construction. So uh, we started with, uh, I guess the the community asked us to build a preschool this year. We've usually gone down and built a house, and so we start with this empty block of land that they put a, a school sign in front of, uh, and by the end of the, the the week, there's a there's a full building there. They still have to put some doors and windows and things in, but but it's a basically a functional building at, at the end of the week. So it, it's pretty involved. There's some hard work. You know, it's very sloppy and muddy and you can see the, the trench there full of water. That was not our favorite activity. Uh, but uh, I think the story of this is not really about the, the construction necessarily, but about uh, Imago Day's ongoing relationship in this community. Uh, so I think go to the next slide, please. Uh, this is the uh, on the last day of construction. We're finishing up the roof in the background. This is the, the group of moms and, the, and their kids uh, and then the, the last person on the right is the school teacher uh, for this preschool. Uh, and so they came on site to encourage us and thank us and, and obviously wanted a group photo with them. So these are the people uh, that, that we were down there serving and that Amago Day provided for uh, this year. So uh, everybody who supported the trip uh, I will probably say this more than once, but, but thank you for uh, your prayers, your thoughts, uh, your encouragement, y- your money that, that you provided to, to make this all possible. Uh, so, um, real quick, I want to go into uh, specifically one of these moms, uh, this, this uh, I think the next slide. This is Sarah E. Uh, I met her in 2011 when she was nine years old. Uh, she's been adorable forever. So, um, you know, she was just one of the people, one of the little kids that you meet that's living in a, a shack with a, with a leaky roof and uh, plastic for walls so there's no light inside of it, and a dirt floor that gets all muddy every time it rains. She was one of the, you know, just one of the people, one of the normal people living there, and over the years their house has been upgraded and they've got like actual concrete floors now and, and a roof that works. Um, and, and she's actually moved out uh, of her parents' house now that she's an adult. I think she turned 21 yesterday. Uh, She's actually moved out and has some kids of her own, so she's raising her own family. And in that other picture, you probably saw about, you know, 10 or 20 other moms with similar stories uh, with their own kids. And what happened this year is, normally we go down and we build a house that they ask, you know, somebody in the community decides, this is the house we want Amago Day to build. This year they said, would you please build us a preschool instead? And as we dug into the story uh, and heard their presentations, What happened is that this group of young moms uh, somehow felt like they had enough agency that they petitioned the government and got the government to send a school teacher dedicated to their neighborhood, but they had nowhere good to meet, so they have been meeting in this kind of makeshift uh, community center, uh, and they wanted their own building. So like, it's just, you see this uh, poverty neighborhood that we've been investing in and the reward of seeing, like, somebody that I personally know who is now, like, taking agency and getting things done for her own kids. And it's just amazing, and I, I really appreciate that Imago Day has been able to encourage these people throughout the years and, and support them so that they can start to think about the next level of, of their needs and provide for their families in better, for their children in better ways than, than they had opportunities for. So that, that was my little bit, and I think we're gonna, Camilla's up next. She's gonna give you some of her perspective.
2: Thanks. Okay, my name's Camilla. This is my first time going on the Honduras trip, and I've been on um, mission trips before, but in the medical aspects. So I wasn't, I knew, I thought I knew some of what to expect, um, but I definitely learned I don't want any part of construction work in my life. Um, and that's not something I think I would ever endeavor. So, but as Vicky said, um, bef- like leading up to the trip, many times was that it's not about the work; it's about the relationships we have there. And that was very, very evident throughout um, the whole week, and continues to be. Um, a, w- a really wise individual I met there, Steve Harris, told me this quote. I don't know if it's from him. But he said, you have to take in the immense beauty surrounding you to drown out the tragedy. And this is kind of like my overlying thought when I sit down and think about this trip. Um, And a big difference in this trip versus other trips I've been on is that, which are still wonderful, but we would do a medical clinic and see hundreds and hundreds of people, different people every day. Still... um, We form more relationships, I think, with the translators than anything, but you never saw the same individual, whereas this trip, uh, every day, the same kids would usually come back either after school, or they were in a teacher's, they had teacher's institute type thing for half the week. And then to see the individuals that have been on this trip many times before me, and then to see the relationship that they have with this community and as Corey just shared, like with the whole knowing them as they've grown up and grown older uh, is just something that I feel like is really hard to find. Um, And something specifically that I noticed throughout this week was there was so much uh, beauty, like I said, in the tragedy, but one of the things was through communication and how most of us could not speak the language. Some had a lot better go at it than others. Um, I did not um, have any knowledge of that. and But you didn't need that. There was so much um, love and relationship formed without even knowing the same language as someone through either a touch of hug, um, even through some of the horrible smells that we uh, encountered throughout the week. Um, Through nature, uh, Kelly was very um, my savior in the fact that she really likes spiders. And um, (laughs) she would take care of them for me if one came up Um, and then um, just different things that were out of your comfort zone, but it it just didn't matter because, because you had so much beauty and good to look at, I felt like, and have these relationships, which are something that I feel like is really hard to get and you can go back to the same place for many years and not really have a relationship. And so that is why this trip meant a lot and I do hope to come back. Um, also, there were many things, other senses like besides touch and smell and stuff but just tasting the different foods tasting things that um and just getting to know other people through through a different lens i felt like and um that was probably the most um moving part to me and i cried way too much and i'm not going to do that today so i'm going to end with just every day, and I should have included this picture, but I couldn't find it. But if you see that house to the right, um, it, a little bit over inside of it was just this big, beautiful orange flower that just blossomed in the middle of that house that hasn't been done yet. It, like someone started it, and they said typically that means that they have, they're waiting on money to finish it and such. Uh, but it was just this beautiful orange flower, and it was just blossoming And it's like the beauty was right there for us to look at every day in the midst of the poop ditches and the rabid animals and just the spiders and the rats and all that. So anyway, um, thank you so much for all your support. Um, And uh, I think I'm gonna turn it over to Tim.
3: really loved going on this trip. I was at a trip to Mexico like 10, 15 years ago, but this trip was really special. And the one thing that made it special was that we had a great leadership team, Corey and Vicki and Kyle, and the whole team was amazing as far as working together, no bickering, no fighting. Everybody helped me because I forgot things. I had a week from you know where, the week before I was working 15 to 18 hours and <laughs> forgot tons of stuff and everybody says, oh, I got this, I got a hat, I got you. So that was great. But the people there is what made Honduras special for me. The kids, I got so many hugs from little kids. They were so appreciative of what we did. And even adults too. It's like they, for one thing we took kites and bubbles and crayons and soccer balls. These kids played for hours and hours just coloring. And they were so appreciative of everything and yes they are poor but in some ways I felt they're richer than me because they're not so busy they have time to sit and look at the beautiful mountains they have time to sit and talk to people like we visited some people in their homes and the highlight of my trip really was when the hen and the rooster walked in the living room (laughs) I thought hell yes I could live there (laughs) and so the cows were roaming free and the chickens were roaming free it was great the food was great the team we worked with there Mercy International was great the food everything was wonderful I could say a lot more but I think it was the love of the and people that made it really special
4: Thanks, Tim. so I'm Susan Scott and I this is my second trip to Honduras, I visited there in 2015, and with my husband at the time. And um, then I went back this year with my daughter, Lydia. And um, you know, reflecting on the trip, I realized how different the world was in 2015, and how different I was in 2015. Because the trip this year, although the itinerary, the neighborhood, the work, the food, everything was identical, but yet it was completely different. In 2015, go back in time with me, Barack Obama was president. Charlottesville hadn't happened. January 6th hadn't happened. The, cara- the word caravan hadn't happened. And my takeaway after 2015 was identical to yours. It was that uh, I saw the people of Honduras as people that I could admire because they appeared uh, didn't have the wealth or concerns that we have in the first world. They live a simple uh, life that I could be jealous of. This time I went and I had the capacity to see beyond that, not in a cynical way, but in my heart was a bit more open way, maybe because I've, we've all lived through a lot of, yeah. Um, and you see it for what it is now, right? It's like before 2016, we saw racism, but not in the overt way that you see it now. And it's kind of the same thing, where I saw poverty, but not with that sugar-coated kind of way. We had conversations with people that were heartbreaking, where these people have like, they have poverty and they have stress and trauma on a level that you and I will never, ever experience. I mean, they're at the bottom of the pyramid, that safety. You know, we build someone a house, but that doesn't mean that it's not gonna get broken into. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be assaulted it's terrible these the lives that these people live without being educated without being safe without having access to clean water and clean food is a horrible life and I allowed myself to actually recognize that as a the reality it's not just they're living simple lives so uh, I went on the trip because I thought it would be—you know—we don't have any rites of passage anymore, um, and I thought it would be good for my daughter, who's going to be going into high school, to have kind of a a trip where, n- not that, not that I want to expose her to the realities of the world and you know make her you know hard-hearted, you know like the world's a you know tough place and you gotta. You know, this is going to prepare you for the ugliness of the world. I want her to see the beauty in the ugliness, right? I don't know. I don't know if I accomplished that mission or not, but um, that was my intention. And surprisingly, it, I feel like it impacted me more than it was a rite of passage for her. I don't know. I'll let her talk. Uh, you want to come on up, this is my daughter Lydia, and she 'll tell you what she thinks about the trip.
5: Um, it was my first time going to Honduras, and um, <laughs> um, I really liked seeing the kids, and they would walk me around and i 'm um, glad that I got to go with my mom and um I just um, think I overlooked, like, um, the common things I have in my life, and um, my speech isn't that long, but um, I have memories that will always be with me.
6: My name is Phoenix, I use they, them pronouns. Uh, During the week, I spent most of the time, I wasn't working with a girl named Helen and a girl named Solmi, uh, whose house we actually built last year. And I think it was really great to kind of like get to see those relationships again, like after a year. Um, I think it's really wonderful that even though we don't, you don't always understand each other perfectly, and that we come from like very different backgrounds that we can still kind of come together and find a common ground and still have like a meaningful bond. Um, Solmi showered me and my family with gifts the whole week and Helen really just like clung to my side. I think she painted my nails at least three times in one day. (laughs) And I think my friendship with Helen especially is very meaningful because when I met her last year, we are very close in age and she was pregnant. And so I think this year meeting her baby, who's almost one now, was really special and it was very fulfilling and beautiful. But I think even though we were all celebrating with her and very happy with her, it was also, I think we were also sharing a struggle with her because I think, I know that we can both see the ways that she's struggling with like a one-year-old at 16. I think it's great that we get to share that struggle with her, even if it's only for a week. Um, I love spending the week with Helen and Solmi, and I loved walking through the neighborhood and kind of getting like a tour with them, really just like being along for the ride while they show us around their home and have us meet new people. And I think it's great that we can share both the beauty and the hardship of their community with us. Um, so, I think the relationships really are like the most important part of the work we do because we can send money to build as many houses as we want, but that can't ever really replace the the love and support and power that's in a relationship. That's it.
7: Hi, I'm Kyle. Uh, he, him pronouns. So. I wrote out all these notes that I was just going to read from because I was like, this is the year that I'm not going to sob in front of you people. So what I didn't count on though was like, Corey, Phoenix, you know, like the things that I heard up here, like I'm already a wreck, so sorry. Still going to read from the notes uh, as I try to wrap this up, but there will probably be tears. What? Well, we don't have that kind of time on our hands, really. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to bring this plane in for a landing first by again thanking everybody who supported this trip. Um, There are people who donated, people who prayed for us, people who watched our cats while we're away. All of it is like a big deal. You all make this possible, so thank you. Um, Yeah, we we couldn't do this every year without a ton of people back home supporting us. Uh, Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to extend a couple of invites to everybody. Uh, So first off, if you didn't go on this year's trip... Which is a lot of you. Uh, I want you to come next year. Uh, so, and I I know that sounds insane. Uh, I remember sitting in these pews like 10 years ago, uh, listening to the Honduras team give their update from the year. And my partner Katie turns to me and she's like, "Hey, we're going on that trip next year." And I was like, "Oh yeah, we're we're gonna do that." But you know, inside I was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna do that." <laughs> uh, but um, we did. Uh, so again, that was. Ten years ago, I wasn't willing to uh, sacrifice my vacation time to have a week-long sleepover with a bunch of random people from church that I didn't know that well, uh, to go somewhere where I didn't speak the language and do a whole bunch of, like, sweaty work in the Honduran sun. Uh, But again, we went, and uh, I have now, this is my, I think, eighth consecutive year going on this trip. Um, So the thing is, I fell in love with the place, the people. Um, So... What, what I didn't realize I was gonna encounter on that first trip was how it, it this trip consistently changes um, the way that I see the world and, and for the better. Uh, I didn't expect how uh, impactful what we did there would be uh, to the community that we serve, but then also on you know, us as a team. Um, so I want you to seriously consider doing this next year. Uh, I think our team this year ranged from ages like 14 to Steve has to be 95 by now. Um, So some people like Corey Brown are workhorses and some of us just run away from the job site every day and visit with people which I think, I mean how many people got up here and talked about the preschool that we built? One, every other person talked about the relationships that we build while we're there and that all happens not at the job site. Um, okay, some of us are fluent in Spanish, and some of us uh, just repeat repeat the phrase "bueno baño" in every conversation we have. It doesn't matter who you are. I think anyone can both have a good time on this trip and bring something positive to the team. Okay, second invite. Uh, can we? There's a there's a picture of um, probably some kids. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Um, we, we mentioned our scholarship program last year, and then uh, after that mention, we really didn't say much more about it. <clears throat> um, so the scoop is uh, the school in Honduras works uh, a little differently than here. If you come from a place of poverty, uh, it is super tough to get a kid graduated from high school, essentially. And if you don't have a high school diploma, you are relegated to like the lowest paying worst jobs there. It is, it is no way to live. So what we want to see uh, are our friends from this community graduate. Uh, so years ago, Mercy International, which is the uh, organization that uh, we organized this trip through, they also had this uh, scholarship program where uh, they worked to get a bunch of kids through school. That all collapsed uh, when COVID came around. So when we went last year, we realized there are a lot of kids who just don't have the support that they need. A lot of them are not going to graduate. So we just started putting kids in school uh, and supporting them. So uh, right now, we have four students going. So from the left, uh, Evan, uh, Margaret, uh, Diana, and Nayeli. Uh, So what's super cool is the, well, all of them are in a bilingual uh, school right now. And Diana, uh, the eldest of them, speaks better English than I do, even though she's, would she turn like 11 or something? um, So she serves as my translator when we are out and about in the neighborhood, uh, which is pretty incredible. Anyway, right now, these are the four students that we're supporting. I think it's like 200 bucks or so a month per kid while school is in session. Um, We have a coordinator on the ground in Honduras who, like organizes the tuition payments, sets up the transportation for the kids to get to school and whatnot. Um, so we've got a good thing going. We want to expand it. There are so many more kids who need help. Um, so we we need people to back this. So uh, if you want to support a student, um, you, you don't even have to like support a full student every month. If you wanna do like a recurring or one-time gift, whatever, go to the Imago site. Um, Click on there's like a Honduras team page and one of the big buttons says support our scholarship program. Uh, I it makes a huge impact, um, so I really encourage you to do it. We get up here and we talk through a whole bunch of stuff really rapidly, um, and I know that this is a foreign thing for a lot of people. Does anybody have questions about what we do in Honduras that we? Maybe touched on, didn't cover well enough, or something that you're just curious about i don't want I don't want people to leave uh, not knowing what goes on in this in this trip. Many okay, yeah, so generally we we build a house in the span of a week while we're there, so fourteen years we've done a house every time? There were years where there were multiple trips that went and then during COVID.
1: Yeah, we've we've, we've completed a house or a preschool every year that we've gone, uh, which has been 14 or 15 years. Like, I think we started this the, I don't think Amago was a year old yet when we took our first uh, trip down there. And we've gone every year since except for, uh, skipped two years in COVID, but we did, the church did send funds uh, one of those years to build two houses. So we're probably, it's either 14 or 15, I'm not sure.
7: A lot. And what's cool is you walk, oh sorry, can I borrow that for a second? So we, uh, you can walk through the, um, it's Ocho de Octubre is the name of the, the community that we work in and you can tell like the houses that have been built by Mercy and it's so weird now because I walk through the streets and I'm like, I helped build that house and that house, but I can't get to, I, I've done this eight times I can't even find all eight houses that I did because it changes. People take such pride in the homes that they have. um, They start like expanding them and beautifying them. There are people who plaster and paint and uh, turn it into like a lovely little home. So anyway, it's just cool to walk through there and see uh, all the change in that neighborhood
1: and we're not the only team that's worked in this neighborhood so i think the the first year i was down there in 2011 there's a street uh there's probably 40 houses down the length of this street and there were five or six that were upgraded uh and we upgraded one that year and since then as our team and other teams have gone down that entire street for the most part is upgraded houses now this upgraded house is essentially a two two car garage that we'd be willing to park two cars inside but it's got a dry floor and a roof and and so they love it right so that entire streets upgraded and now there's like three or four other streets of people uh, that are slowly getting upgraded i like this question idea any other questions yeah that's a great question Um, the the mission base that we work with has like a hostel uh, where there's i don't know Ten or twenty bunk beds uh, on, on two different sides, for uh, uh, split up by uh, sexes, uh, and then there's um, uh, showers and, and flush toilets and everything there. And then uh, they hire uh, they hire some locals to cook us dinner uh, and breakfast every day. It's pretty. It's a pretty decent. It's a pretty decent and comfortable setup. Once per day, yeah. The electricity only went out (laughs) once per day. Yeah. Okay, the question was how many rooms. So a normal house has a divider down the middle split into two rooms, but then when you go in uh, to somebody who's been living in the house for a couple years, they often put up sheets and blankets and things and turn it into uh, three or four rooms. I think a house is... 20 by 24 feet. Uh, the preschool was a little bit larger, and then they put a, a, a porch on the front, which connected to the roof. Uh, but the preschool, they wanted to just be a single open room. So there's no dividing wall at all. Yeah. How early did the rooster wake us up? Yeah. The yeah the rooster start. The roosters don't ever really stop. They think it's morning, twenty-four hours a day.
7: But you're also so exhausted from from the. Thanks.
1: You're also so exhausted from like the
7: manual labor that you do during the day. That I slept better there than I do any time here. So I was never up at three in the morning. It was always, I don't know, the the breakfast bell that got me up. Anybody else? We supposed to like. Dismiss people? Hey, thanks for listening to us ramble on for so long. We really appreciate it. Thanks for all the support.